Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So are we going to talk about Melissa on Watch What Happens Live or what the fuck? That was bizarre. I don't even think Andy was being all that hard on her. I, right? I had to, I mean, I watched it twice because I literally was like, I must have missed something. And then I went to YouTube to watch the after show. And I was like, I must have missed something on the after show because the clip that was circulating about her being like, Margaret texted me and was like, Andy's being so hard on you. I was like, there must be something before that. Like he must have just said a bunch of real messed up stuff to her no that was literally the start of the after show because they're talking about how she spilled her cosmo and first of all margaret it just showed that melissa and joe but especially melissa are used to andy going soft on them and they're not used to being in the hot seat at all if you look back at their track record, they came on the show and Teresa was the bad guy. They were the victims. And it's been that way ever since. It, I mean, I mean. So we're going to start with the Watch What Happens live appearance and the after show. And then we'll get into the whole Jersey episode. And then we'll get into Summer House. And in case you're wondering why I am in the dark with candles lit, I just wanted to give it a little bit of ambiance. Um, I addressed this already on um, my my emergency Sandoval Howie Mandel interview episode, which you you can check that out everywhere. But I got a chemical peel on Monday, and my face is scary. I like, well, now, yesterday it looked like Ramona's on day one of the Mexico trip, but now it's starting to peel, which, I mean, my skin's about to look amazing, but it's scary right now. So I'm in the dark. I tried to give it some more mood lighting, but um, this is going to be like this, pro- hopefully until Saturday, hopefully not too much longer after that, but, you know, pain is beauty, baby. Last week was the Botox. This week was the chemical peel. And BravoCon, guys, November 3rd through the 5th. I'm going to be there this year. I am not missing out. I'm so excited. So I'm starting now. I'm already getting ready for my sister's wedding in August. And this is just even more motivation. Because then after my sister's wedding, I have August, September, October. I'm going to be looking so hot. I might even get like extensions in my hair. Maybe I'll do like a whole glow up by that. What am I kidding? But maybe I'll do extensions. Who knows? Spray tan for sure. But yeah, Vegas, baby. Here we go. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into this episode. 
Here at She Speaks Bravo, we believe that Bravo TV is a great form of self-care and therapy. Look at me. I've been using it for over a decade, and I am a complete mess. That's me, by the way. I'm Emily, and I'm your host on this journey. What is this, honey? I love that. If you're not already subscribed, get subscribed and hit that notification bell because I'm releasing new episodes at least three times a week. You fool. That's my opinion! I talk Bravo, I talk true crime, and sometimes I talk a little scripted. So whatever you're here for, I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so watch what happens live. Let's let's just, you know, put this on the table. Melissa came in to the episode or to the show rightfully annoyed i don't like when they get second chair excuse me especially when it's not like adele at, on first chair no offense cecily but it's it's watch what happens live bravo owns it so i feel like bravo loves do get precedent maybe that's a excuse me my goodness maybe that is a controversial take and I do love Cecily a lot. I think she's incredibly talented. She seemed a little somber. That was sad because she's not on SNL anymore. But I do understand her being like, really? I'm in second chair? Like, it's my night. Fine. I get that. But then, if you're going to be in second chair, you deal with it. And you have some fun. It's watch what happens live. It's a good time. There's that. Then there's also the element of she knew she was going to be asked about the rumor. So she was extra defensive about it, which I have no idea what it's like to be in a long-term marriage and have someone spout off that type of rumor about you and have it be completely false and make you very defensive. So I don't, I honestly don't even think it's that big of a deal if she did because being with someone for that long is hard. I feel like monogamy for the rest of your life, marriage is really difficult. I don't think cheating in all those years is that crazy because I feel like they went through a rough patch. Uh, And the guy, Nick Barada, who she's alleged to have had the kissing affair with, um, is also... I think he's engaged. I think there's a baby on the way, but he's with someone. He's hot, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my God. When I was talking to Kendrick about this months ago when all the rumors came out, you know how Kendrick is. In case you don't, you got to check out Kendrick. His podcast is Reality and Comics too. But that man, because gay men, they they can find a man online in five seconds flat. And he found Nick Barada in online in on his IG in no time. And oh, I did not realize he's fine. So when you see him, you're like, well, I mm-hmm. but there was a lot of defensiveness there. So I don't know if the defensiveness was warranted. I don't know how I would react because I don't know what it's like to be in her position at all. Even a little bit, you know? So, but her, but it was there. So I can only comment on the vibe I got. And 
okay, so from right off the top, so the, the, we get a viewer question about why why does she not understand Teresa not inviting her sisters and her mom after the things they liked and tweeted back in the day? She's immediately defensive. And honestly, I kind of agree with her. Just like when you think about what they said and like what they liked, it wasn't that bad. And I, I did even say that when I read the tweets. I was like, these aren't horrible. And they were also from so long ago. And... Melissa had a point. We've since then we've had birthdays, dinners, anniversaries, holidays. It's not like that happened. We haven't spoken since and now the wedding's happening. We've had whole lives and relationships. So it that's the part that's jarring and and out of nowhere. And so I would like to touch on that for one second. Is Louie doing this thing where with Teresa, he's like, we shouldn't invite them. Are they even really your family? Do they even really care about you? Is that all an act? Blah, blah, blah. And then to Melissa's mom's face, he's like, I really wanted to invite you. It's it's Teresa that we got to deal with. You know what I mean? Something to be aware of. And I think I'm right. And then they do the polls in the beginning, and obviously one of them is the rumor, and I believe it was kind of 50-50. It wasn't too, it wasn't, yes, it was no, I believe. But honestly, I don't even think I believe those polls, because we've seen a million times people saying, like, I couldn't even vote in it, so the polls are whatever. But Andy goes, okay, so, you know, I got to ask about the rumor. I got to ask, Joe, what did you think about the rumor? And Joe goes, Okay, that was harrowing. Don't ever do that again. Please, you, nightmares. You just gave me nightmares. Okay, don't do that again. Thanks so much. But Melissa is like, Andy, are you kidding me? And Andy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like right away you can tell Andy's like, all right. I wonder if there was like tone before they even started rolling. I wonder if, I wonder if Melissa was pitching a fit about being in the second chair, even before they started. So he was like, I don't know if this isn't going to go well. Because he was immediately like, oh, 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 okay. And she's like, it's a baseless rumor that they heard five years ago that they're bringing to light now. Well, I mean, sure. But Jen only heard about it, like, recently. So that's why she's talking about it. I mean, you know. And by the way, they heard about it from five years ago. I didn't realize it was that old. I did. I, I genuinely had no idea it was that old because Marge has only been on the show for like five years, right? So wait, does Marge know about... Did Marge get that intel when she first joined the show? Because uh, that says a lot, right? I don't remember exactly when Marge joined the show, but five years ago is a long time. I know I'm probably not doing the math right, but still, five years ago is different than I thought it was something that happened like maybe three years ago. Even that seems like a long time ago. I don't know why I wasn't doing the math on that. I genuinely thought it was more recent, but like five years ago. How long has March been a housewife? Let me know in the comments if you're watching on the YouTube. 
because I can't remember and I'm sure I could look it up, but it's more fun if we interact. Uh, Cecily Strong, you know, I love her, but her takes kind of pissed me off for Jersey because she said she thinks Margaret is funnier than Jen. Uh, okay. I, mm. and she also is siding with Rachel over Danielle. So, you know, I question her taste. I really do. But someone then writes in as if it's a gotcha. And to be honest, I didn't really find it to be much of a gotcha. Not going to lie. Because this is sort of what fans like to do. And they're like, oh, you say your your mom only likes things from 13 years ago or whatever it was. But actually, she just liked to post recently with Caroline saying she was brainwashed into hating hating you. Well, that's fine. But Melissa is real defensive about that, too. But you think the thing is, you, you don't need to be so defensive. These are just normal questions. And you're sassing Andy like he's not supposed to do what he always does. So I'm like, watch your mouth, okay? Watch your tone and watch your mouth. Then Andy asks a viewer question. Why are you, this is a viewer question. Why are you still friends with Marge when Laura got the cheating information and specifics from her? Melissa stutters because it's untrue. And Andy goes, I know, but if it came from Marge and then Melissa interrupts me and goes, but are you listening to what I'm saying? This is a woman who wants to be on the housewives and auditioned three times, but didn't make it. And Andy, I don't know if he played dumb on purpose, but Melissa wasn't having it. Cause Andy goes, she did. And Melissa goes, yes, Andy, <laughs> you know, this, what were we watching here? And then Andy goes, I know, I watch a lot of tape. So I'm sure I saw it. And she goes, you've seen her a couple of times. And then death stares him like, don't try me tonight. Oh my God. You look like, you look like you forget who signs your checks. That's what you look like right now. Mm-hmm. His jackhole of the day was Howie Mandel for not doing his homework. And the clip they show is Howie going, who's Sheena? <sighs> exactly. That's the, that's the clip they should have shown. Because fuck you, Howie. God, fuck you, dude. You're so rude. You don't even know who she, you don't even know who Sheena is. One of the main players in this whole thing. One of the cast members on the show. So okay, at the after show though, they start the after show, and that's when Melissa's like, Marge texts me that you're going hard on me. And so she's not listening to what Andy says. Andy goes, Oh, she texts me too, saying that she wants to tell me the story about Laura, and she thinks that Marge texts him to say you're going hard on Melissa. But so she doesn't hear what he actually says. She's like, yeah, okay, see? Why are you going, why are you being so mean to me? Mm. He's not. He's a, truly not. And then Andy pitches it over to Joe, almost expecting to be ganged up on. I don't know if he was kind of hoping Joe would add to this bratty moment Melissa was having, but 
he goes, Joe, am I being too hard on your wife? And Joe saves it. saves himself, at least. And he goes, not at all. You answer those questions, baby. And Andy's like, I kind of thought he'd have your back there, but uh, I guess not. <laughs> She's like, it's also negative. Oh. I will give Melissa did she did she did she did say something that was in my opinion a little something to note just because I'm still keeping tabs on Louie here. She said it's interesting that they're having all these fights about things that happened back in like season three, as if they are still happening now or like they're current. And I know that Teresa's like I'm watching all these show all these seasons for the first time and. Okay, great. But there's an element of it that freaks me out that like that Louis kind of going like, see, see, look, they don't love you. They don't love you. But then the way he is to their face is like, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. I'm trying to tell her she doesn't get it, though. She doesn't get it. It's triangulation and it's isolation. And that is concerning. Now, don't get me wrong, Melissa and Joe have a lot of flaws that they have never owned up to, a lot of them. And so there's a, the flip side of this is like, yeah, but you guys really do need to own up to some shit. Uh, so I'm just kind of, I'm just wary of the, this is what, a, this is what abusive men or partners do. So I'm just, I'm just wary of it. <laughs> but the other the other thing that Melissa did in this after show was have the audacity to question Andy's ability to mediate. Andy, I feel like Andy was like, we got the reunion coming up and do we really need to do a whole package and like segment with you guys and Teresa? Like, what's the point was kind of what he was saying. He's like, I'm like, do I even like bother going deep? And the way Joe is like, go deep. I want to translate that. That translates to, that's my only storyline. So if you don't go deep, then I got nothing at the reunion. So we might not be back next year. That was the vibe I got. But Andy's like, I mean, I don't know, though. Like, what is there even, what could I even, there's no resolve. And Melissa goes, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, right? Because, like, you're not a therapist, are you? I mean, are you certified? Uh, now, listen, you need to watch the mouth, okay? You got to watch it. it. Back it up, all right? Because it's, it's too much. It's pissing me the fuck off. Listen, it's not good. It's really bad. And now Andy's like, bitch, I've been doing this. For 13 years. Okay? I think he said 16. So, and Melissa's like, well, I mean, yeah, but you know better. Like, therapists in Jersey, like, you know better, right? Okay. You're a mess. You're a mess. You're a mess. So, I don't know what the hell happened. It was one of her worst. We just saw a side of her being such a spoiled brat. And it 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 kind of negates the things that she likes to call Teresa, like difficult. I'm the nice one. I'm the nice one. Mm, I don't know. 
Because Teresa wouldn't act like that. Teresa is a lot more like straightforward, but she's not sassy like that. And she's not like pouty like that. So, well, there we go. That, that was that was telling. When I found out Cozy Earth wanted to sponsor the pod, I was like, oh my God, the synergy of this. Cozy is my number one goal in life. And I'm on a quest to find loungewear that is cozy, obviously, and flattering. So I used my own code, she speaks at cozyearth.com, to purchase the loungewear set that they have. It's it's on its way. I will let you know how it goes. I'm very excited. What I did receive from Cozy Earth, though, thank you, by the way, Cozy Earth, were their sheets. I got the sheets that are made from viscous from bamboo. They also do come in linen. And I talked about it last week. These sheets, they're I like a soft cold, a little bit of a cool touch. They're temperature regulating. So that's why they have that cool touch to them. Easily the best sheets I've ever felt in my life, hands down. It is no wonder Cozy Earth has been on Oprah's favorite things list, like five years now. So Cozy Earth also makes bath products, also made from viscous from bamboo. This is responsibly sourced too, by the way, which is important. Their bath products come in a plush collection and also a waffle collection. I'm about to just be getting everything on the Cozy Earth website using my code. So, okay, right now, Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. 35% off site-wide when you use the code she speaks. So go to CozyEarth.com, shop around, get 35% off when you put in my code she speaks at checkout. Uh, I did watch the after show. I I might have missed one of the segments or something. There's just so much content to take in with when there's the show itself and the after show. It's like, oh, for crying out loud. So I did take it in, but I will get to like the stuff that they, the in my opinion, the base, the stuff that was most important was what uh, Laura said. They get into more of what Laura said uh, in the after show, but when we get, we'll get to that towards the end. So let's get into the episode. Melissa's pop-up that Danielle is is showing bougie kids with a Z. I didn't realize she spelled it with a Z. You know? Danielle says that Melissa's always been good to her, so... Okay. Jen shows up, most likely to support... Danielle more so than Melissa. I'm going to give Melissa this. Her body, her hair, her face, she's hot. Like her body in that halter dress with the pony. Yeah, she's she's hot. But Jen to Melissa with like a big old smile on her face. <laughs> she's like, I just wanted to ask you, like, are you okay with me and Dolores being bridesmaids? <laughs> Jen, <laughs> she has no shame. She has no shame. You're not even subtle about it. Like, she's like, I didn't really get the reaction I wanted. Well, I did a little bit, but I would like more. I really want to catch you off guard. 
Melissa's like, yeah, I, yeah, and I'm sure I do not want, because Jen's like, are you sure you don't want to change your mind? Do you regret it? Maybe you want to. Melissa says, no, I don't, because Teresa always wants to blame me for the way things go, and it's just like not my fault. And Jen's confessional is, don't you want to fix things? She's extending an olive branch, so why not take it? Jen is a good little soldier. She really is. Dedicated. Melissa asks Danielle how she felt about the whole Rachel thing. And Danielle gives mob wives at its peak. What I saw that day was a rat who threw me in a hole and I'm done. God, just amazing. And Melissa's like, ooh, where we're from? You don't call someone a rat. A rat is the lowest thing you can call someone. <laughs> Thank you, Jersey. Let's get back to a little bit of this like mob shit. I miss it. I do. I miss I miss an essence of it. You know, Caroline went a little too far sometimes, but this is working for me. This this shit, yes. Let's go to some Jersey shit like like, uh, like, don't call anyone a rat. A rat? Ooh. You know, Dolores gives us enough of that. In an Italian family, it's a big deal where you sit. You know, that kind of crap works on Jersey. This is helping. Here, this, give me more of this stuff. Danielle's, conf <laughs> Danielle's confessional. When you tell someone that you hurt me and they come back at you and their demeanor's like, you know, this is just nasty. You're not sorry about anything. You're not nice. You're just a bitch. She, she's, it's like, it's nice to have someone like this because if you miss the show Mob Wives, this gives you a little, a little touch of it, you know? It really does. Melissa's like, oh my God, are we even going to have fun in Ireland? You guys are scaring me. Ugh, Melissa, just like, save it. Teresa's packing for Ireland and she's like, so I shouldn't bring bathing suits? What? <laughs> uh, Polly's house, we meet his brother, David, and his brother's wife, Monica, and their amazing Irish accents that require subtitles. And Dolores actually met uh, Polly's whole family when they were on vacation or she went to Ireland with him it was on Valentine's Day the photos that they show though are those heavily facetuned photos that Polly was posting I think he's eased up a little bit because we gave him so much shit he's real hot in those facetuned photos I gotta say he does not look like those facetuned photos though if Dolores was dating that guy in the facetuned photos Different story, but no offense, Polly. You shouldn't. You you shouldn't do that much. It's catfishing, honestly. That the way he was face tuning his pictures was catfishing. She obviously saw him in real life and knew what he looked like, so that's fine. But I was expecting him to look like that, and then when I saw what he really looked like, I was like, "Oh, whoa, that is totally different." I don't think he's an unattractive person. I I'm trying to be nice about it. But he doesn't look like those face-tuned pics, okay? Bottom line. 
Monica does remind Dolores about those cobblestone, and everyone talks about the cobblestones in Ireland. So no Louboutins, but you know they're going to wear, you know they're going to try. They're going to break an ankle, but they're going to try. Dolores does admit, and I thought the same thing. I'm like, Ireland? When I heard that they went on a cast trip to Ireland, I'm like, the who? The Jersey women went to Ireland. Just the accents on top of those accents. I just don't. But okay. Because as Dolores says, the whole rural and ancient, it's just not their vibe. But that's what will work. It, and it, it does work. <laughs> Teresa and Louie, they talk about the whole fight with Joe and Melissa at Rachel's house. And uh, yeah, okay, guys, red flags waving all over the place. He's like, it's absolutely impossible to communicate with him, to like talk straight without this theatrical anger. It's very unhealthy. And you know, I'm just drained. You put yourself in the middle of it. You don't need to mediate it. You don't. Like, you literally don't. Teresa has been handling it. Teresa can deal with her family stuff. Like, for example, my brother, my well, soon-to-be brother-in-law, but my sister's boyfriend of, like, almost 10 years, he would have never tried to get in the middle of the times that my sister and I were fighting and be like, I'm just so drained. I can't talk to either of you. That'd be absurd. But that's what Louis's doing. He's acting like it's his duty and then he's exhausted by it because then Teresa gets to this place of like, I don't, I don't want you getting stressed out. I don't want my brother affecting you because now Teresa feels like she's such a burden. Louis has to put up with so much. I, you know, I just, she goes, I see a shift. This isn't her confessional. I see a shift in Louis. He's taken a beating. He's lost money. I mean, I'm putting myself in his shoes. Imagine if this was happening to me with his sister. Well, it wouldn't because you wouldn't put yourself in that position. He got involved with your brother in a, in a business deal. He chose to do that. You didn't ask him to. He's putting himself in a position of being like a savior and then he's acting like a victim. Sorry, I had to put my dogs away. Where was I? Um, but yeah, he he's acting like this is some sort of duty. He ha- I mean, I, I got to do it. This is what happens when you when you're with Teresa. This is what you have to do. But it's not. But it makes Teresa feel like she kind of owes him, which is another thing that abusive men or partners do. <sighs> You know, I'm just very concerned. These are real textbook signs of it. So, uh, but Teresa's like, I'm going in with good spirits and good vibes. But what is Louis? He goes, don't give away any of your power towards like the darkness, you know, just let it be. All right, Louis, chill. Meanwhile, Jen and Bill talk while she packs and she brings up she anyone who's been through therapy or at least has done one bit of therapy like one session knows what it feels like when the therapist says they're impressed by something or even that they kind of give you a bit of a compliment she's like 
Dr. Judy was impressed that I didn't tell people about the infidelity, and they flashed at Dr. Judy saying, it's good that you could see the bigger picture. That's all she said. <laughs> but it is true. Like when you have a therapist, you're like, I think I'm my therapist's favorite. Just so we're clear. I'm pretty sure that, uh, pretty sure I'm her favorite. So, or their favorite. So, <laughs> you know, but this brings up the topic of Bill spending more time with the kids and Bill goes, so I'm going to drop my hobbies and golf. Jen's like, your hobby is hanging out in the pool house for hours and hours and hours. And Bill goes, so I shouldn't live my true self. What? <laughs> what? Your true self is hanging out in a pool house? I don't understand. But Jen is really playing this towards his male ego. Instead of being like, listen, you fucker, I have all your children taken care of them. You can't come home and, you know, she's not doing any of that. She's like, if I couldn't stand you, I would say, go do whatever you want. But I actually like having you around. So I feel like we should continue with therapy. And Bill says, maybe. And I would be like, are you kidding? Yes. But then in her confessional, she's like, maybe isn't a no. So... She says, at least it lit a fire up under his ass to get him to acknowledge me and spend time with the kids. And, like, she is just really looking for the bare minimum from this man. Honestly, she's not asking for much, Bill. She's not. And, I, I'm again, I'm not sure if this is just because cameras are up and he's not comfortable with the cameras on doing these scenes, which is very possible. So it's possible that once the cameras go down, he can have a much more open conversation. So I, I leave space for that. And he like just hates it when she starts talking about this stuff. And this, like he's literally like, can you wait till these go down? You know, they get to the airport and they're all like checking in. And Melissa's like, I brought my sleepy time tea. And Vester goes, try vodka and Xanax. Yeah, honestly, though. They they arrive. This van that they're in is huge. Melissa's of course the the cat. I would be I would be concerned about a haunted castle. Not gonna lie, a a, ca a big old castle. Yeah, I'm concerned for sure because I'm afraid of the dark as well. I always have this this light right here. If you're watching on on video, this this salt lamp always on, never off. This is because I record in my bedroom because it's the best audio. And yeah, I, I, I'm always, always, as soon as, as soon as I go into the darkness, I'm like, I feel the ghosts. They are here. They are talking to me. They, <laughs> one time, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because this, I, I could, t I laughed at myself because it was so real, but I knew it was stupid. I was, I was. <laughs> I was uh, at my, this is when I lived at my mom's house. So I was like, I don't know, like 21 maybe. And my mom's house is kind of, kind of big, sort of big. And it, they're just, it's like creaky and it has, how it just has haunted vibes to it. And I always had a little bit of a dim light on and the light shut off. And I was too afraid to move, and I felt a fucking spirit. It's 
felt it in the room. And out loud, I went, what do you want? (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) But then I got scared that it was going to like answer back. So I hid under the covers. (laughs) So stupid. So yeah, I'd be afraid of that castle. Okay. I would be. No way I'm sleeping in a room by myself. Actually, I don't like sharing rooms, though. What am I saying? I would just turn my phone on and what I would I would just have TV going at all times on my phone streaming. Duh. But yeah, I'd be afraid of the haunted castle. Dolores announces the room situation. I'm very happy Dolores is getting a good room because she does. She's always super cool with just whatever room causes the least problems. Teresa's going to get her bitchin' awesome room because she's the bride-to-be. And then they're going to pick names out of a hat. Then Jen Fessler tells an awesome story about how she slept with James Gandolfini. What? That was crazy. That was crazy. She could not wait to tell that story. When she goes, in her confessional, she goes, but he was in, in me more than once. (laughs) that is a weird thing to say but yeah get it they get to this castle and for sure this fucking thing is haunted 100% this thing is haunted I would have to have like a sword on me at all times as I go through that hallways like every corner I turn no fucking way get out absolutely not like as soon as if everyone's in bed and I if there better be a bathroom like a like a connected to my bed my bedroom because uh-uh Mm-mm. they jen does get the best room though and marge is like oh this is great <laughs> so happy for you anywho they finally they sit down for lunch gorgeous gorgeous everything though every the castle's beautiful don't get me wrong the castle is awesome and it's very funny to have these like Jersey broads in a castle. It is. It's it's perfect because it just like doesn't make sense. Dolores, though, she's like, before we get started, I want to let you all know to tone it down. Okay, bitches. Jackie, like when you said to that coffee reader, you didn't want a reading like. But then this brings them to the coffee reader and how they're like, Jen. We know you called her. <laughs> this scene did not go how I expected it. I really thought Jen was going to deny, deny, deny. But the way it leads into it, Teresa's like, yeah, I mean, no, she's good, you know, like she's good. But I asked Jennifer, like, what did you tell her? And she's like, I told her me and Margaret got in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen's like, Jen, Jen, Jen's confessional. She's like, when she said the word endorsement, I was like, fuck, did I tell her that? I'm sorry. You got to give, that's funny. (laughs) I did not expect that. I did not anticipate Jen admitting that she was like, I mean, I, you know, she's like, I called her to make sure she had all the matching coffee cups. And then I guess you know, she asked, like, am I walking in the lion's den? So it's like, well, look, Margaret and I got into it. And then she said endorsements. And I was like, shit, did I give her that word? 
Amazing. Margaret actually is funny. She's like, Jennifer, you tainted the witness. But Jen owns it. But she's like, I didn't tell her about Laura. And Margaret's like, please. Oh, please. Yes, you did. Oh, please. And Jen's like, and there's a lot of shit that sh- that sh- L L they call her L that L said that I would never repeat. And Marge goes, well, you did repeat it. Jen said, I was just telling her to look out. Marge's veins pop out of every orifice of her face. I don't think that's the word to use, but you know what I mean. And she's like, for what? It was like. Erica, where she's like, or what? It was the equivalent of that, but Marge's version. Jen looks scared. She's like, for some of the things that Laura said. She's like, the woman said a lot of crazy shit about you, and I was just telling her to look out. Marge goes, it's spreading. Jen goes, it's not spreading. It's just repeating what she said. That's the definition of spreading. <laughs> It's a funny episode. <laughs> it's literally the definition of how you spread something. It's not spreading. I just repeated what she said to me to someone else. Oh, so that's spreading. <laughs> She's so stupid. This is amazing. Rachel and Danielle are, or Jackie are so like, we got you, Marge. Mm. They're like, that Laura woman is not credible. We don't know what's coming out of her mouth. But Danielle is dying to know. Dying. And Jen in her confessional, she's like, I think Marge hates that I know everything Laura said. And she can't do anything about it. And I love every minute of it. I, you know, I, I'm living for this. This is what I say. If you're going to villain... Have a good time with it. And that's what Jen's doing. Jen's like, yeah, she fucked me over last season. So I'm going to relic, relish, relic, whatever in it. Okay. I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of this. And that's fun. She's owning it. She owned that she called her the the coffee reader. She's owning that she's, Laura told her, I got dirt on some woman who screwed you over last year. And so I said, tell it to me, baby. Yeah, that's right. I'm being shady. Respect. Respect. Okay, they go off to get ready. And there's the weirdest music cue, considering they're in Ireland. And we've also never, this isn't like even the music they used for Jersey. This is like, did they accidentally use like an Atlanta track? It's like, hot girl, hot dress, hot summer day. Make my whole competition make me want to run away. <laughs> Can't hear the whole car. It was so weird. It, it, I'm like, an Irish jig, maybe. Or like a fusion with what they normally use for Jersey. But it was like a club beat. It, it made no damn sense. No damn sense. And it's they're not even in a hot place. Hot girl, hot dress, hot summer day. We're in Ireland. They picked the wrong. I swear, someone hit the wrong track. And when they went to like check the episode, no one caught it. And then when they and then someone saw it live, they were like, oh, "Fuck, damn it! We forgot to change that song out." God damn it, Daniel. Okay, Daniel goes to Jen's room and she's like, "Tell me what she said. Tell me right now." 
But Jen has to pretend. You, got, you know, you got you to gotta put on a little bit of a show. You got to be like, I could never. I can't. I, could, I couldn't possibly. Not after what happened to me last season and how it affected my family and my kids. No, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. Okay, so it was about somebody we both know. She made Teresa and I swear. And then Danielle's like, so it's Melissa. And she's like, Margaret told Elle about a rumor that Melissa was in the back seat with a guy making out. And then Danielle realizes that Margaret really does have an arsenal. And Danielle goes into her confessional. She's like, now I know why she's so pissed at me for saying she has an arsenal. Because she wouldn't be so pissed at me for saying she has an arsenal if she didn't really have an arsenal. The amount of times they have said arsenal. That should be the, that should be the drinking game alert. Danielle's like, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. She's such a character. But now she's like, I wish I didn't know. Okay, girl. I know we all think, you know, it's like you have to know. And then once you do know, you're like, now I'm screwed because I do know. So much easier when you're like, I genuinely don't know. But it's hard because you want to know. But, you, you know, it's hard. The bachelorette party starts. Danielle and Jen, they do a shot. And Danielle is hysterical in her confessional. I had the quintessential bachelorette party. I had the penis drawers, the penis cups, the hoo-hahs were hanging out everywhere. <laughs> then they go to Marge. I did not have a bachelorette party. But my entire life has been a bachelorette party. I've slept with enough men. It's fine. Shut the... F uh, yeah. Teresa's. My first bachelorette party, we went to see male strippers in Long Island. I, it was okay. I guess maybe if it was Chan and Taming, it would have been better. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking funny. Chan and Taming. <laughs> Dolores never had one. So she's like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to live vicariously through this one and make it about me a little you get yours dolo i love it but as they're getting in the, as they're getting in the van Beth fessler turns around to Teresa. she's like i really can't take what you look like and Teresa goes do you like it i didn't want to be fancy <laughs> i love this so much they get to the pub this is a nice looking place it looks fun Danielle plays a fun game. Thank God Joe passed. But they, someone brings up like who sends sexy pics to their man while they're away. And Rachel's so boring. She's like, why would I? I mean, he knows what it looks like. I'm like, wow. Okay. Jesus. Uh, but Danielle goes, what if I take a pic of my boob and you send it to Joe? She doesn't take a pic of the whole boob. But thankfully, Joe responds and goes, who is that? So he passes. But then we get to the, Jen Fessler brings this up, by the way. She's like, have you guys got your dresses? How do you feel about being bridesmaids? And uh, Teresa says, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous asking him. I didn't want any problems with my brother. <sighs> okay, here we go. Because, you know, he had a problem with, like, me not inviting your mom. You know, if he had told me it was a problem, I would have said, oh, right, okay, you're right, no problem. Oh, God. 
I can't do this. I was like, no. Oh my God. I cannot go down this road again. But Melissa's like, okay, but when they asked you why, you said, well, there's a history. And it gets into like, Teresa's like, well, there is, there's a history. And she's like, yeah, but you and I have a history. And Jen, a couple shots in, Jen over here is like, yeah, but you were you're there through obligation. Oh. Melissa's like, okay, because Jen keeps trying to explain it. She's like, you need to stop talking because you're putting your foot in your mouth. All right? Teresa has to tell Jen, I got this. I can handle myself. <laughs> She's like, you're making it worse. Teresa's like, I didn't even think about it. And I thought, like, if I had invited her, I'd have to invite everybody. Meaning, I did not want to invite your sisters, okay? Because your sisters are messy. Your mom, I love, is clearly what she's saying. Here comes old Rachel in her confessional, which isn't her fault. She was asked. She was asked. And they edited this in. So I sometimes don't even like mentioning confessionals in these scenes because it's producers that do it. But she says, like, my sister-in-law's mother is invited to everything. So I don't see what the problem is. She's just a know-it-all. She's young. She's very young, actually. But Dolores, she, th this is why you love Dolores. She goes, that's, I am agreeing with Teresa. Call, call and say, hey, you know, why isn't my mom invited? And if then, then when she says, fuck you, I don't want your mother there, then you can run your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right, you can. Mm, 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 mm. Tell her. But then Teresa goes like one step too far. She's like, I'm the coolest fucking sister. Just don't. But this is true, though. But don't make me look bad. I never throw him under the bus, but he throws me under the bus. <sighs> now we're pushing it. Now, like we're like you're baiting that, you know, because like by saying that you're throwing him under the bus by saying I don't throw him under the bus, but he throws me under the bus. You're like throwing him under the bus kind of you know and then Melissa all right yeah you're the worst he's yeah he's the worst you're the best and Teresa I never throw him under the bus it's too, we're going it's, we're getting to dangerous territory dangerous territory Melissa's confessional is Teresa takes zero accountability and I just want to say Melissa do you though this entire time it's only ever been Teresa's fault. You, even in Watch What Happens Live, she's like, all I wanted was to fit in with this family and be loved by this family. And I couldn't figure out why they didn't love me. And once I stopped caring about that, you know, it's just been so much better. I'm like, but I feel like you were passive aggressively doing things to make Teresa not like you. And then being like, what? What am I doing? And you're not owning that. And, like, I'm not saying Teresa's innocent, but, like, you haven't taken any accountability either. So it's just, like, two rocks going and hitting each other constantly. It's like, you know, I'm going to get anywhere. So I hope you're done. And Andy's like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want a segment on this, okay? You guys better find a new storyline, Melissa and Joe, because I don't even want to go there at the reunion for crying out loud, you know? So in the after show, they go into what else Lara said. 
She heard the Evan rumor way before Teresa brought it up on the show from Margaret. Obviously, all of this is stuff she heard from Margaret. Marge contacted people in Westchester to find out about the infidelity with Bill. Duh. Marge will stay up till three, four in the morning, and Joe will be like yelling at her to get off the iPad. And Danielle even questioned, like, well, how the hell would she know? Like, how would she know that? And Jen's like, I would imagine, you know, like Joe would say, like, tell your friend to stop staying up so late, looking up people and trying to be messy or whatever. So Danielle, I have to give her credit. She doesn't seem like she's buying everything hook, line, and sinker just because they're telling her this. She's She's got some... She's got some ability to decipher, like, this could just be some real bitter friend. Teresa says she didn't tell us about any of the Dolores stuff. So there is some Dolores stuff, but she didn't tell her the Dolores, tell them the Dolores stuff. And Dolores goes, yeah, she clearly knows everything. She knows everything because they've been friends since they were like 12. But Dolores didn't seem shocked or confused or freaked out or mad or anything about it maybe it almost like she was almost too calm hold on i really hold on i gotta touch on that for a second so last week i have two things i want to touch about from touch on from last week last week i did mention that I, i i did know that the that there was a falling out with dina and dolores i think the falling out came way before this to be honest Uh, But Dolores, it is alleged that Dolores was one of the people who wrote a character statement or whatever they call him for Dina's ex-husband who ordered the hit. No, well, not a hit, but ordered the assault and kidnapping and whatever the hell, the, the attack on Dina and her then boyfriend or fiance, now husband. So when they finally got enough proof to arrest Dina's ex-husband and we were able to trace it to him. We're able to trace the attack to him, Caroline. And apparently Dolores wrote character statements like he's a great guy. (laughs) Don't be too hard on him. So I did want to point out that I did know that, but knowing that and like, I just didn't even talk about it, but isn't it wild how like, calm Dolores is able to be about how she did that (laughs) about how like Dina's ex-husband ordered an attack on Dina and her husband her husband then boyfriend they were in case you didn't I'm sure you know this but I'm just gonna say for in case you didn't know they were in they were tied up, beaten. A couple things were stolen, but it was mainly to terrorize them. It was clearly like a like a scare tactic, right? And when that man was finally arrested, Dina's ex-husband, Dolores and Caroline wrote character statements on his behalf. And when that woman, Dolores, is asked about that, what happened with you and Dina? She's able to go, just a falling out, just a falling out. Like, it's kind of eerie how calm she's able to be. You know, it's, 
she like her dad was the chief of police in Patterson. Y'all, her dad probably did some shit, you know, like Patterson's a a tough town. It's, you know, it's the, it's rough. And we all know how some rough town police forces can be. And if her dad was the chief of police, he saw some shit, maybe some corruption, maybe hid some things. She knows how to be quiet. Wasn't she a prison guard, too? You know, I'm just saying, like, Dolores, she seems like this sweet, like, lovable mom. But, like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, damn, that woman just can. It made more sense her reaction in the confessional when she's like, I'm not talking about Dina, ever. That made more sense than the way she was able to be like, oh, just a falling out on Watch What Happens Live. So there's that. The other thing I wanted to say is that Dina came out and did, I don't, I don't know if it was alive or what. I couldn't find it. I only found clips. Uh, thank you, Bywig Hello Drama on Instagram for, um, posting the clip of Dina saying that the what Joe said is just not true about there being a business deal gone bad with her husband and Louie. Well, now, um, that's kind of wild because she's saying that, like, Joe outright lied. Why wasn't that brought up at Watch What Happens Live, actually? Because that's a big fucking deal, right? That's a big deal. That Joe said, Dina's husband called me and is like, Pizzagate part two. He was all, you know, he said it was so much assuredness. Ew. That's a, I, they better bring that up at the reunion. Because that's an all-out lie, but they're not allowed to talk about that, like, on their social media or anything because they all got gag orders. So maybe they're keeping that for the reunion. But even Andy would have asked that. I'm surprised um, viewers didn't ask that. I'm sure some people wrote that in and maybe they're leaving it for the reunion. I don't know. But that that's a – like, for Joe to outright lie – because even I said, like, why is he – why is he, like, citing blogs – when he heard it from the horse's mouth, he's like, the blogs are saying that they're not going to the, the thing. But I'm like, why would you even need to cite the blogs when if you heard it from Dina's husband? So it kind of, but he just lied. So he just lied. So someone's lying. How about that? Someone's lying. Oh, I grow tired. Oh, my God. There's just so much. Oh. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. They're exhausting me. My God. All right. I'm going to take a quick break and then we are going to get into Summer House. Okay. When my cats are healthy, they are happy. And that makes me happy. But, you know, I'm not a mind reader. So 
I obviously don't know when they're unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one reason I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, no more cat bathroom smell, and let me just tell you this is not a joke. It is confusing how well these things work. It like disappears into the crystals. I've just gotten so accustomed to scooping with traditional clumping litter. Scooping the litter is usually like disgusting, but it's not with pretty litter. I, I'm i just really confused as to the sorcery of these crystals. It's this super light crystal base that it minimizes that dust and that mess. The crystals last up to a month, so you're scooping less and you don't have to go to the trash can as much. But I mean, I'm telling you, you're scooping less because usually... I would miss a day before with my old clumping litter and it would be a disaster. But because of these absorbent crystals, it's like not the same. It's just, it's been very confusing how, uh, how well this works. I'm still, I don't get it. I'm not mad about it. I just don't get it. The coolest thing about Pretty Litter though is that it changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in your cat, including urinary tract infections, potential kidney issues. This would have really come in handy when I took my cat Tiger to the vet recently and they asked what her urine has been like. And I said, what? I don't know. Would have helped if I could have said, according to this chart of the color chart of the Pretty Litter chart, this is what it, you know what I mean? It would have really helped. Pretty Litter also ships free to my door in a small lightweight bag. I never run out of it. And I don't have this like huge container taking up all this space in my house. Pretty Litter helps me keep tabs on my cat's health and keep odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash she speaks to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash she speaks to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash she speaks. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before I get into the episode, I would like to address something. And I think I'm pretty sure that we collectively are on the same page here. I don't like this. I don't like when this happens. So Danielle DM'd me. She replied to the promo I made for last week's episode. And she said, I know you're uh, responding or, or reacting or whatever to a very edited episode. But Paige and Amanda were not just talking about me confronting Lindsay when they said that they got to see the real me. What they didn't show at that dinner was I was also just like being really funny and being like kind of like a stand-up comedian and stuff. I took it to mean, she didn't specifically say, but I took it to mean like not in relation to Lindsay, just like in general, kind of like being funny and making everyone laugh. And that is to give it more context to what Paige and Amanda were saying. Were they still very much happy that Danielle was upset with Lindsay? Yes, I'm not. That's still, that's, I would like to still say that was very much what they were happy about. But it does give us a look. Summer House editors do have a tendency to do this 
when um, I've spoken with other producers on other shows, they said that Summer House has a bad habit of doing this. Like if you notice, you won't see the person say something, but you'll you'll they'll insert they'll insert the 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 quote, if you will. So they can pull they can pull someone saying whatever they want them to say in that scene from any scene. And it's like almost a bad dub a lot of the time. Like you're like, that's clearly not from this scene. You can even tell by the way the audio sounds that they're not even like at the beach in that. And here we are in a beach scene. So I just wanted to give that clarity, even though I still do think that it was pretty clear that that's what Paige and Amanda were excited about. That they were, because then the first thing Amanda said to Kyle was, Danielle said that Lindsay, you know, she like started gossiping as soon as she could. So it's not like they were not happy about that. But still, I I would like to give that context. And it is important to remember on Summer House, because it was a good reminder that the editing is very skewed and that they very much tell a story that they want to tell using the tricks of editing, such as inserting a quote from a different scene into a scene just to tell the narrative they want to tell. And they can they do it on a lot of shows, but Summer House, I've heard from multiple people that, that that's one of the worst offenders. And I'm usually pretty good at catching it, but I didn't notice it until um, last year. And it was during the beach scene. It was like towards the end of the season, like a bonfire thing. I think it was, I think Danielle and Robert hosted it. I but I might be making that up. But I could, I wouldn't see almost anyone's mouths actually saying the lines. It was anytime the person, anytime the person was to be speaking, it was like a crowd shot. And then they'd zoom in on the conversation. So like, Paige would say something, but you wouldn't see her say it. And then they'd zoom in on the conversation and continue the dialogue from there. It wasn't too manipulative in terms of the story they were telling, but still, I noticed it being like that. And so I made a post about it and had a lot of people commenting like, oh, they do it all the time. It's They're known for it. It's something they do a lot, blah, 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 blah. So, anywho... Let's get into, okay, I'm sorry, this title is very lame. Holy cow, Kyle is 40. I love the people that, I love the titles of Bravo shows, especially Atlanta's. But this one, this is terrible. It's lazy. Anywho, we pick up on Kyle and Carl where Carl's just said that he's going to propose to Lindsay. And it was it was funny when Carl asked Kyle, like, when he should ask Lindsay's dad, and references when Kyle asked Amanda's dad, and they flashed back to Kyle telling Amanda's dad, and just how not excited Amanda's dad was. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Kyle, you kind of, like shouldn't be it reminds me again i'm like yeah you shouldn't be judging kyle like your relationship is not like the beacon of greatness over here carl said you know he's like i'm in love and i want to take this step with my best friend i think he says that in a confessional 
And I want to say something that I realized as I was watching this very scene. I have never in my life been in a healthy relationship. So I don't know what they look like. I don't know if the way Carl is talking, it makes me feel odd. It makes me feel like this seems just a little, like I don't, I'm not like, oh, I believe it. I feel like it's a little, there's just something a little off about it. But maybe that's because I have never been in a healthy relationship based on respect and actual <laughs> friendship and and you both want to make each other better and you're both successful. I don't know what that's like. I've only had really scarily fucked up relationships. So honestly, I'm done judging it. Yes, they had a very creepy, sexy, naughty nurse scene that really threw me off. Absolutely. Not going to take that back because they lose points there for sure. But you know who else had a really creepy scene? Tamara and Eddie. And I think they have one of the best relationships on Bravo. So I, 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 I maybe just don't get it because I really don't understand what a good, healthy relationship is. Okay. That's where I'm landing on this. Kyle warns Carl that there will be people who are saying it's, you know, it's a little too soon. And I'm like, is this Kyle's way of saying he thinks it's too soon? You know, some people, people might say maybe it's too soon. Carl's like, who's saying that? People. I don't know. People. People might say that. I don't know. And Carl's like, yeah, it's just like I've known Lindsay so long. And it, this is true. This is absolutely true. And Lindsay has been embarrassed on this television show many times in love. So does she deserve a happy season? Yeah, let's give her that. It's not like she hasn't earned it. It's not like she's given herself a good edit. When people say that, like when people are like, oh, they protect Lindsay. I'm like, from what? Have you watched the show? Lindsay does not look great on this show. No offense, Linz, but like she she looks like a mess, especially in love. She looks psychotic. <laughs> so, you know, even <laughs> Danielle's face, Danielle's face at Lindsay's party when Lindsay's like all fucked up on like whatever day drugs she took. And she's like blow drying her hair. And she's like, if I want to fuck Austin, I will. And Danielle's literally got her hands over her face. And she's like, can you please not? Because we're really barely hanging on to you being somewhat okay in the situation. But Lindsay, it's just wild. That's just Lindsay. She's wild and crazy. And... For people like Paige who are so controlled, she's so in control. It's very much, uh, it's probably a, a deep insecurity that she's manifested a coping mechanism for. And that's what it is. It's being in control. And so someone like Lindsay, it's like, I don't get you at all. And I don't get why me not getting you doesn't freak you out and make you want to like change. So, ooh. Paige goes into the room with Sierra and Maya. 
Maya is ready to throw Sam right under the bus, but I get that Maya is one of the, Maya's kind of Danielle-like, where she is super loyal, and so she's like, man, Sam was really grafting, is grafting the thing she said? Is that like a, a, a slang term? I don't know. Grafting at Corey. She was working hard. And I could tell she was trying to get Sierra and Paige pissed off. But Sierra's like, I'm looking for something serious. And obviously, Corey doesn't really fit the bill. But meanwhile, Corey and Craig are still sleeping because they went to bed at 4.30 in the morning. Hi. So the girls go in there to slap them with tortillas. And it is, you know, noon. But they're already awake. There's a delivery of 30 bales of hay. <laughs> the guy's like, hi, I'm here to deliver um 30 bales of hay. Sure enough. Craig and Corey are doing zero to help. They're just upstairs like, nope, not our show. We are guests. We This isn't what we're doing. Okay. But Kyle texts Craig and says, we need more alcohol. And and Craig doesn't even volunteer. He's like, uh, Corey, you go. And Corey's like, I'll take Sam. I'll take that little blonde spinner. <sighs> Carl, you, you see, like, they're talking, you know, you got to do, like, the whole Kyle's turning 40 bit. So Carl's like, oh, man, I could totally see Kyle as the 80-year-old man at the share house sending it. And then Carl proceeds to do a very uncomfortable impression of Kyle as an 80-year-old man sending it. Carl's not, like, Carl's, you know, he's he's not, like, silly in the way that I think he wants to maybe think he is. I bet he's silly when he's with Lindsay, but, like, it's just, Carl's kind of serious, you know? Corey and Sam, when they go to get alcohol, I can't tell if they're just cutting to Sierra, like, looking over and kind of being concerned or if she really was, but that's that's the edit they're giving it. But Corey and Sam have a supernatural flow to them. Like for real. Like they just have it's it make it instantly. He's a fuck boy for sure. But she handles him really well. Cause like if a man said to me, I like girls that can take my humor and not get upset. I would respond with, you sound like an asshole. But Sam's like, yeah, it's really hard to hurt my feelings. But then she, and then he's like, oh, really? When's the last time you cried? And she's like, ironically, two weeks ago. But it was the one thing that could make me cry. And it was Maya telling her that they think she talks too much. Guys, you already know how I feel about that. Come on. Rachel and Rachel's there and Jason. I like that Jason is like her assistant for the flower wall that she's putting together. Uh, But thank God they're not pretending to be attracted to each other anymore. Thank God. She's like, now we're, we're friends. Like, no, we're done. We're done. That the storyline is over. Winter house is done. We're good. But Lindsay sees Jason and is and she starts to go upstairs but Danielle even though they're not on good terms she still runs in to check on her Carl goes up after her though and Danielle is concerned I have like if 
So in the friendship between Lindsay and Danielle, I would be the Danielle, honestly. I'm the empath. I'm the overgiver. And I would then, you know, grow resentful over time, secretly, quietly to myself, and then start to act out in ways that the taker in the relationship would be confused by. Well, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. But Carl and Lindsay talk in the room and she's like, tell him to stay clear of me. And Carl literally goes downstairs and is like, hey, man, what's up? Um, just letting you know, Lindsay, she may not be trying to interact much. And Jason's like, oh, got it. Mm, cool. Sorry, but I know this was a bit of a, a him kind of a controversial take, but I've always well, not always. I liked Jason last season, his first season, but I got a very weird vibe from him second season. I could tell the way he was like, he just seemed very insincere to me. I could tell he wasn't really into Rachel, but he was like, she's the only one left. And finding out that he had filmed a scene with Lindsay when she had the miscarriage and when everything went down, but they just cut it. So he was fully aware and he was given an opportunity to publicly talk about his experience going through that on camera. It's not Lindsay's fault it was cut. Uh, And then he pulls this shit all these months later on Winterhouse and is like, you didn't give me a chance to express myself. You're doing all these interviews. And Lindsay's like, that's not my fault, though, that I'm doing interviews like I'm not supposed to be like, wait, hold on. We have to have him involved as well. And he's like, yeah, I feel like what he wanted to say was, yeah, but you should have. And then to me, I'm thinking, okay, so you wanted the press. You wanted the, like, you didn't seem sad. I I just got very um, opportunistic vibes from him. I don't get, I, I stopped getting good vibes from him. Then he starts dating Giselle and I'm like, ooh. Okay. Real thirsty vibes now. But let's talk about Lindsay's outfit, shall we? Work. Girl, work. Okay, honey, get yourself hot, 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 hot. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that's right. Amanda puts extensions in Kyle's mullet. She did a really good job. Looks really good. Looked really good. <laughs> looked really good. Craig says Corey looks Amish, and he's not wrong. Corey, get a hat. Get a cowboy hat. Loser. Lindsay reminds us that we this is not the first time we've seen a hoe down. Oh no. I like though she goes, this is the first time this group has seen a hoedown. And she goes, and by group, I mean myself, Kyle, and Carl. And I'm like, that's right. You flex. You flex, OG. You earn that title. You know, it's just, there's something to be said for it. It's, 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 you can't help it. And then they flash to Carl in those overalls. Ooh. The party is underway now. And it looks great. It really does look fun. It looks lively. It looks hot and humid. Every time these people throw a party, I'm like, y'all, I am too hot looking at this. 
Okay, because summertime in the Hamptons is humid. I don't like being hot. I would be inside with the air conditioning. I sound like a lot of fun, don't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't I? Can't wait for BravoCon, right? Lots of AC in Vegas, though. Sierra tells Amanda, she's like, I want to know something? They're upstairs getting ready. She's like, I think Corey is super hot. And you just know where that's going because you already saw the chemistry between Sam and Corey in the car. And also we've seen all the previews of them kissing. And also by now they've come out as boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's just, you know, it's great. It's great to see these scenes. We get some bull riding action. Lots of fun. There's a whole bull riding scene. That's a lot. That's a lot to set up. Corey asks Gabby, what did your girl say about me? Right in front of Sierra. Sierra's right there. Gabby plays it smart. She, she, even if she, honestly, I feel like even if she did talk to Sam, she'd be like, I don't know. I haven't talked to her yet. Because Gabby seems like that girl that knows exactly how to answer that. So even if she had, she's like, I don't know. We haven't talked about you yet because you're not important. How about that? Huh? Because I know your type. Apparently, Corey talked about spitting in her mouth and wouldn't you know it. <laughs> Sam just said that was her thing. <laughs> so I, for the record, please don't ever do not my thing. That just sounded absolutely disgusting. But the fact that they both are into it. Perfect. Perfect. Sam goes over, grabs Corey to do a body shot. uh, Gabby gives us a little voiceover of their astrology. She says Sam is a triple Gemini. Does that mean her sun, moon, and rising are Gemini? That's crazy. I don't really know exactly all this terminology she spouts out like this, because I only know, like, old school stuff. But, and then Corey's a Leo. And yeah, Fire and fire and air, baby. That's, uh, it's not incompatible, but, you know, air and fire signs. I like a Leo. I like Leo men. I'm a Pisces. I have no fire in my chart. I'm all water and air. I'm so sensitive. And earth. So, ugh, so sensitive. So I like a Leo. I like an asshole. That's who I like. I like an asshole, toxic person. Okay, that's my type. All right, moving on. Sierra looks on and sees the flirting and she's like, nope, not doing this. Not giving you this storyline. Okay, we're not playing no more of these triangles of love, blah, 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 blah. Okay, no thanks. Lindsay does a body shot off Sam and I was like, "Ooh, this is hot. Do more. Danielle and Sierra talk a little bit about Lindsay, a little bit. Um, Danielle says she feels validated in how she feels. And she says in her confessional, she says, if I'm expressing something to you, wouldn't you take it to heart and be like, let's fix this together? This is worth it. She's not doing that. Let's unpack that a little bit. I... I get it. I know. I know she's handling this incorrectly. I get it. I get that she shouldn't have done that at the dinner. I really do. Believe me. 
wrong way to communicate because especially in the summer house with this cast in a group setting, I think that Danielle thinks that that first night when she was telling Lindsay to come to Montauk and was saying, your relationship could be like, you go out and have fun too without Carl, just like mine is like that with Robert. I think I, it's just my guess. I think that when she communicated that with Lindsay that first night, that she thought she was maybe explaining more than she was. I think she thought she was letting Lindsay know, I need more from you. But Lindsay heard it as judgment because all she's getting is judgment. And honestly, that's just how Lindsay takes everything because Lindsay's an uber defensive person who takes, who's just can never be wrong. Everything has to be right. She's also a Leo. So that's that ego, major ego. So for Lindsay, in order for her to hear what Danielle needs, Danielle has to come from a place of, I need you to give me some help and love. And then when that didn't work, when, when Lindsay didn't hear her that first time, then Danielle tries the next tactic, which is not good, which was, I'm going to now tell you in front of all these people that I don't like the way you handled that because she's already hurt for something that she didn't get, which was in her mind, she thought she communicated it great. She didn't, but uh, she thought she did. And when Lindsay says, there's no reason for me to even go to Montauk without Carl for Danielle, it was like, ouch, stabbed to the heart. Oh my God. I'm being neglected, but none of these things are being really communicated to Lindsay in a way that Lindsay can hear her. But Danielle thinks she is. So now she's had this conversation with her at this dinner where clearly she's upset, but all Lindsay feels is that she's just been attacked in front of all these people. Like, Danielle, you know of all people that I am not going to hear this. How dare you? Now you owe me an apology. But for Danielle who never asks for anything in the friendship. For her, she's like, I finally have a need. And you're not going to even, you're not going to go out of your way to come ask me, hey, dude, what's going on? Like, what's happening? What's wrong with you? Like, are you, what's, what, what, do, what, what do you need? Instead, it's, now you're not going to talk to me? For Danielle, because I relate to this so much where I would create a dynamic in a friendship where I would be coddling to the friend because what I was doing was I personally, this is just me. I was recreating my relationship with my mother and you don't realize you're doing, it's kind of like how you end up dating like your parents, you know, like I was creating a relationship like I had with my mom where my my friend would turn into this person that I was constantly trying to get their praise from and their love from. And I did that by giving them all the attention. And My mom has narcissistic tendencies in a lot of ways, and you can never please a narcissist. And so I was finding these prototypes of people and these relationships, and I would eventually grow super resentful. 
and we would have this awful falling out because I would change the rules, basically. I would be the one to change because I would go, you know what? You don't fucking treat me well. You never give me anything. But for them, they're like, I haven't changed. You've changed. And it's like, I have. And what I learned in the last round of that type of friendship was I can't resent this person for what I set up. They're just doing what I let them do. I've got to kind of show them some grace, if you will. Like, you know what? Here's what I need now. And if that doesn't work, I totally get it. And it's heartbreaking too, because sometimes you're like, fuck, I just don't think they have it in them. But rather than come from a place of anger, I had to come from a place of, this is something I do need. But the problem was I would start to come from a place of anger first. So they would be like, ew. And then we get in a fight and then I'd be like, all I wanted was this. And they're like, well, you didn't have to yell at me. And then we, it just, it would become a mess. So I relate to Danielle, Danielle's mishandling of something that could be so simple But I feel like when you're learning it for the first time, like when you're learning like, hey, wait a minute, I need this, you don't articulate it well. You don't respond well. And you want your friend who you've always been there for to just get it. And that's why this, the final conversation that they have goes the way it does. And I'm I'm really happy that it does turn out the, the way it does because Lindsay, I'll get to it, but. In this confessional, I was like, okay, I've fucking done this. And it's hard for me sometimes to watch things that I like have so done because it can get kind of triggering. So it's like, it's like watching yourself and you're like, no, stop. Oh God, I've done it. I've done it. And I don't like to be that person that's like, I've fucking been there, baby, but I have. And so I, 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 I'm glad, you know, I've not turned my back on Danielle this entire time. I've, even though she's not been handling it perfectly, I still like, I understood it. These are two friends and friendships can get really complicated, as complicated as romantic relationships at times. They're just relationships, you know? I'm going to keep going because we obviously get further into it. Carl, Craig, Oliver, and Kyle are all standing around, and Carl invites them to his housewarming party because now it's nine months together. And this gives Craig, like, this insecurity because Craig, at the end of the day, is a little competitive. For Craig, he's like, hold on, wait, I, I'm on a TV show, too. People are going to start asking me questions. And so he starts doing the math and he's like, we're, we're trying to figure out like what next steps are for me and Paige. Cause like we've both said when we have kids, we'll do it in Charleston, but we haven't really talked about like the next year. Oliver looks real weird when they're like, what about you? What's going on with you and Maya? And he's like, uh, I'm cheating on her and I'm a complete douche and I suck. So. Can we change the subject? He looked like an idiot. Sam, Lindsay, and Gabby are in the kitchen. And something I'm going to note about Lindsay. Lindsay's great when it comes to asking about guys. So like for Lindsay, she's like, so tell me, Sam, what kind of compliments has Corey given you? I think that this might be kind of one of Lindsay's maybe like uh, 
downfalls, if you will, her weakness. She's very fixated on finding a romantic partner. And like, that's kind of a lot of, um, she's got a lot of friends though. She really does. I, I mean, at least according to her social media and stuff, but it, it seems to be a bit too much of a fixation. Like for her, when it comes to this issue with Danielle, you'll see it come up a lot where she's like, she should be happy for me. I'm in a relationship now. It's like, that's okay. (laughs) But again, you are missing the part where your friend is on, is, is having an issue. Like I said it last week when I, when I recapped with Morgan, whereas like Lindsay, it will say that she's, like she stops, she stops where it's like, Danielle was there for me when I was in this tumultuous relationship, but now she should be happy for me because I'm with Carl. It's like, okay, but that's just about you being in a relationship. What about Danielle? Like, it's not just about whether or not someone's in a relationship. And that's kind of how linear uh, Lindsay can think. It's just about guys. It's just about romantic partners. And she sometimes needs to think a little bit more well-rounded. But she's a good girlfriend for this because then they have this funny conversation. Um, and Gabby tells her what they talked about. Corey and her talked about. And Sam calls it. She's like, he's the type of guy who doesn't text you back right when you start to get feelings for him. But I'm starting to have a crush on him. Luke arrives. And I see Craig. I'm like, take that, Craig. Because, you know, they have a thing. Lindsay introduces Gabby to Luke, and apparently they matched a while ago, but he never got back to her after they talked for a little bit. And she goes, now he's here looking like a Midwestern country Hamptons hybrid of something, which was so accurate. Very accurate. He's, they, I I don't even know. Like, they, they flirt a little bit, whatever. Paige finally finds Craig. I'm sure a producer was like, can you and Craig go talk? Because, like, please. And they sit off to the side, and she's like, ooh, are you going to tell me some hot goss? And Craig's like, no, I'm going to talk to you about us. Will you marry me? (laughs) And then he's like, no, actually, I was talking to Carl, you know. We've We've been dating for a similar amount of time. And he starts stumbling. You can tell Paige makes him nervous. And he's like, and Kyle's like, well, you know, we've known each other like a long time, but but like we've been together, you and me been together like the same amount of time as him and Lindsay. But like Kyle was like, oh, but you know, they've known each other this like longer, but like still, you know, maybe like uh, we're asking about us. And I told them when we did settle down, like it would be in Charleston and Paige interrupts like, wait, are you proposing at a hoedown? Because it is confusing where he's going with it. You can tell he is spiraling. And he's like doing the, where are we? What are we doing? Where are we going? And Paige is so uncomfortable with these conversations. And he's like, we've just never talked about the middle chapters. And she goes, I feel like we've been dating for a year. I'm about to turn 30. I mean, I always thought I would be engaged by the time I'm 30. But now that I'm turning 30, I don't want that. Like, we would date for another year before you would even propose. And Craig's like, two years? You went from a year to a year and a half to two years. I don't like that. (laughs) And then she goes, are you trying to propose in six months? I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? This is amazing. 
Craig's like, I'm happy right now, and I'm happy doing this for the next year, but when would you be ready to move to Charleston? We haven't talked about this. And he said, but also, like, if I were to propose, I wouldn't expect you to move. And Paige is like, no, if you, like, if if you propose, we need to live together. So, you know, it goes hand in hand. And she, but then she's sweet. She's, she is. She's like, I, to be clear, I'm not, like, avoiding it. Like, if you were to propose now, I like, I would absolutely, yes, like, it's, it, it would happen. But then she's she's like, but I have no friends in Charleston. I have no career. And then she starts crying. She's like, I don't want to leave my mom. Oh, it was really cute. And then Craig's like, I would come to New York. And she's like, really? And he's like, at the end of the day, I love Charleston, but I don't love it more than you. He's like, but I know you love New York more than me. (laughs) So that really settles that. He's like, can I be on Summer House, though? Producers, are we cool with me joining the cast? Like, I'm going to need a show, guys. So can we get, like, a spinoff, maybe? Like, Craig comes to the city. I don't know. Like, Craig and Paige and some, I don't know, because I that is concerning. I do have another show called Southern Charm. And what does what happens to that show? Because if Craig leaves Southern Charm, honestly, there's no point. I'm not watching Austin and Shep without Craig. I'll tell you that right the fuck now. Luke and Lindsay talk inside and she's telling him about Danielle. And she's like, she has strong opinions about my relationship with Carl. And she attacked me at the girls dinner. And that is not the way to have a serious conversation with me. And she's correct. It's not valid. 100% valid. Absolutely. I am not taking that away from Lindsay. She's in a house. Danielle knows this better than anyone. She's in a house with nobody (laughs) nobody's in support of Lindsay truly except for like the new people and Danielle and Carl and Kyle just finished screaming at her and it it's a lot it's a lot so Lindsay's not going to hear Danielle and so they're just missing each other you know they're speaking the wrong language And Lindsay says, she's trying to blame me that our friendship's changed. And Luke says, is that all your fault? And Lindsay goes, exactly. It's not. And I'm like, oh, no. Is Luke going to, like, totally co-sign everything and be against Danielle? And Luke goes, she's probably just used to you being single. (sighs) Okay. But is she? Because Lindsay's always in a relationship. Like, always. Literally. Like, she's always in a relationship. But whatever. Because Lindsay's confessional is, you should be happy for me, Danielle. It never occurred to me to hold my friends back just to be my buddy and stay in the same place as where I'm at. And if that's her perception, okay. Okay, interest. Okay. I can see that. I could see that perception. It can it can feel that way, especially with what Danielle said, with Danielle being like, I liked you the way that you were saying, you know, you control your drinking around Carl. And she's like, it's not a good thing. It's like, well, I like you the way that you were. Ow, I just hurt my neck. Um, it does. It can it can really feel like that's what Danielle was saying. It can. It can feel like she's like, I don't want you to evolve into this like married couple. Not going out partying in Montauk with me at three in the morning. So fine. 
Then she thanks Luke for talking to her. And she's like, we're like the Cinco Amigos. And I was like, who are you talking about? So her, Luke, Carl, was she talking about Robert and Danielle? I hope so. I certainly hope so. Kyle comes out for his speech. Amanda's speech was sweet. She says, thank you for keeping me young and also making me feel very, very old. That was cute. Kyle reveals the little the little <laughs> cowboy hat on his penis. And then they dump a whole bunch of ice water on his head. And I was like, oh my God, is I bet that I bet that hat fell off his dick. I bet it did. There's the, like the band starts playing. It's crazy. There's like a whole band. And Corey tries to do like a little role play. He starts it. He starts the role play with Sam, but he's so wasted that he can't keep up with it. And she's like, okay, noted. You can't keep up with role playing. <laughs> Idiot. Kyle, I mean, it's debauchery. And he's like, this is how you turn 40. And I'm like, oh shit, is it? Because mine is not going to look like that. Chris starts flirting with a girl. And I'm happy they left this in. Because the producer does what producers do in confessionals. And is like, so why did she stand out to you? And he is about to say something and do something, like, not that he shouldn't do. And producers literally, they're just like, stop, stop, whatever you're about to do. Stop. And I'm like, okay, he's not going to be asked back. Like, they're like, this was, this isn't going to work. This guy's an idiot. Amanda tells Paige and Sierra that (laughs) she's like, I cried because I was trying to sing and I thought I was off key. And I started to cry. And Paige is like, I cried too. And then she tells them what they, she talked to Craig about. Nothing like crying at a party. And then she says, Paige, so she's like, the thought of being someone's wife is scary. And like, why does no one tell you about that? Amanda tries to relate. Amanda, she's like, I know. Like, when Kyle asked, like, if he, like, was, like, wanted to marry, if I wanted to marry him, I was like, are you sure you wanted to spend the rest of your life with me? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You were like, Kyle, you're lucky I want to ever fucking see you again because you were punishing him constantly for cheating on you. All right, Lindsay, they be pull, Lindsay pulls Danielle aside. It's like, what's going on? I don't know. It's like weird vibes. And they sit down, eat their hot dogs, and they talk. Danielle, she does something that I would, this is something I would do. Because she's like, look, I'm willing to like even shelve things just to check on you and like Jason. And that throws Lindsay off. But this is something I would do because it's a very comfortable place to put my issues aside to go into the caretaker role. I did this with my mom all the time. When my mom and I would get into a fight and she she would absolutely be in the wrong. Um, if I had an opportunity to comfort her. I would take it because then it would get me, it would get us out of the fight. It would get her to like talk to me again. Oh God, that's sick. Yes. Lots of issues to unpack. But this, this really, I like connected with this. It just was like Danielle went to a place of familiarity immediately. 
And Danielle says, yeah, I saw you running. I just didn't know why you were running. And it was a nice reminder to know, like, okay, like, you do care about me. And Danielle's like, and vice versa. You know, I just don't want conversation, like, that conversation at girls' night to come to that. And Danielle's like, or Lindsay's like, I felt attacked. And Danielle says, Lindsay, if you think that I would ever attack you, you are so wrong. And it's tough because what's happening here is that Danielle's not hearing Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay's saying, I felt attacked. And instead of Danielle going, okay, well, that is not the way I wanted you to perceive it. And if that's like how I communicated that, that was, I didn't mean to do that. So let me try again or something. Instead, she's like, if you think I would attack you, that's so wrong. It's like, well, she did. She felt that way. You know what I mean? Like. That's And that's how we saw it, too, just looking at it from an outside perspective. But we're going to continue. Lindsay says that um, if she wants to have these conversations, like, don't have them in front of people. Like, if you care, you're not going to tell everyone else around me. And I'm finding out in so many other ways how you feel other than by you. And Danielle says, okay, so why don't you ask me a goddamn fucking question every once in a while about how I feel? We should be friends that check in and have dialogue like that. I don't feel like you hear me or that we have an equal partnership in this friendship. This is kind of making me tear up. Lindsay, our relationship has always been me being there for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I told you I'm triggered by this. Because then Lindsay says, and I was never there for you ever, which is like very ego, right? That's a very like ego response. Because they then go to, um, uh, sorry, sorry, wow. Anyway, so she, whatever. She says, and I was never there for you ever. And Danielle says, you never had to be. And Lindsay says, if that's how you really feel, then why are we even friends, Danielle? If I'm such a shitty friend, then why are we even fucking friends? I felt, I just have had this exact conversation. Sorry, it's just so stupid. <laughs> I am triggered by this. I am. So, you know, this is why, like, as much as I try to have uh, a fair perspective i am sometimes like just this is just my own experience in life that's that i'm bringing to the table friend breakups can be just as painful as like romantic breakups you know <sighs> okay I'm, i got myself together sorry about that <laughs> oh, lord oh i hate this fucking season okay i hate it because I don't, I still think Danielle kind of fucked up in this episode, in this conversation too. Danielle says, I think we're just growing in a different direction since Carl. And Lindsay's like, okay, yes, I'm in a relationship. And Danielle's like, it's not about that. And Lindsay, then what is it about? Danielle says, I'm allowed to talk about how I want to talk in a group setting. And that was a strange thing to be so like adamant about and i think that danielle was being stubborn i think that's what it was 
but we're going to, it doesn't matter because when Lindsay says, so then understand that I'm going to pull back if you continue to do that. Danielle goes, why? Because <laughs> Lindsay, and Lindsay's point is correct. She goes, in my world, if I had an opinion about your relationship with Robert, I would be a little more respectful about that than like attacking me in a group setting. That's pushing my friendship away. And Danielle asks, one of the hardest questions to ask a person who is defensive, why are you so defensive? Well, they're going to get defensive when you ask them such a question. And Lindsay says, because I don't have opinions about how you should live your life. And Danielle says, I don't think you care that much about how I live my life. That's hard. Lindsay says, I do care, but I trust that you're an adult that can make decisions for yourself. And Danielle says, okay, but don't assume that I have everything fucking figured out, Lindsay. God damn it. I need help too. And Lindsay, at first she's like, what do you need help with? And Danielle starts crying. And that's finally Lindsay's like, oh. And this goes back to what I said originally. For Lindsay, she's not going to hear anger or criticism or anything that doesn't resemble like being needed or like tenderness. She's, she's ego-based. And Lindsay's like, are you struggling? Are you upset? Do you need a hug? And Danielle says, you don't ask, so you don't know. Oh, I just have been here, girl. I just, I get it. It feels lonely and you, I'm sorry to keep crying, but I just, you know, friend breakups are so hard. They really are. And I, watching this is hard. And so Lindsay hugs her and I, I cheated. Yes, I did watch the preview for next week because I wanted to see how this conversation wrapped up. And they hug and Lindsay's like, okay, so I'm going to try harder. And I know I talk about myself a lot and I'm going to try to check in more and ask more. And I love you so much. I'm sorry, but can you try harder too? And Danielle says, yes. So they seem to end on a good note. So at least for me, when you can get yourself in a situation where you're you're willing to put yourself totally second in a friendship, that's kind of, that's crazy, right? Like as me now, I don't even kind of get in relationships like that. Not even a little bit. It's crazy for to even think that I ever did, but none of my friendships now are like that. Not a one. Uh, but I can look back on all the ones that were like that and I can think, God, wow, those are just some really unhealthy attachment styles that I had and I couldn't break out of it. And until I saw what I was doing, I was like, no more. And I even met a few people somewhat recently in the last few years and the type of vibe they had and they wanted to get close to me. I was like, oh, I can, I could totally see myself slipping right into that same dynamic with you. And so I just kept a really strong distance because it's it's almost like you're born to uh, attract yourself to those types of people. So when you grow out of it finally, like when you finally realize like, oh my God, I'm better than this. Like, I don't, this is crazy. Like, why would I ever be this way? 
it's like you wake up and you go, who, who would treat me like this? Who would do this? And you resent the person that did. But that person is like, I haven't changed one bit. So what are you mad about? And from people on the outside looking at it, you kind of look like a, like a bitch. And I get why the audience is looking at Danielle, like some of the audience looking at Danielle, like, well, she's turning her back on her friend. She's going with the mean girls, what have you. But I, I, I feel for Lindsay too, because I can also see it now from a different perspective as well. And I feel for Lindsay, who's like, what has happened to my friend? Why is my friend doing this to me? What have I done? I've done nothing different. This is just me. But Lindsay doesn't have what Danielle has. And that is, she, Danielle's an empath, so, which is I am too. And if anyone out there is an empath, you know how fucking annoying it is to be an empath. <laughs> when you walk in a room and you can sense everyone's feelings, we would give anything to not feel. And em- being an empath isn't like a magic power. It's just like we just feel people's feelings and we take them on. And we would give anything to not have that sense about us to have like complete unawareness of what's going on around us like that. And Lindsay has that. Lindsay's the type that doesn't have that sort of awareness of what's going on around them. So she is confused by the whole thing. So I get why she's like, huh? What's happened here? So I'm, I don't think that this friendship is going to get back on track anytime soon because I think it's just evolved. I think Danielle's evolved to a place where it just isn't going to fit for her. And I, and that's why I'm also so sad. I, I cannot believe I'm fucking crying over this. I don't think I've ever seen it like from such a perspective, you know, it's kind of like, literally it's like, this is very therapeutic. (laughs) I hate this season. (laughs) I hate when I cry on this fucking show. I hate it. And I'm like, peeling. I hope I don't fuck up my peel. Okay. Sorry. I honestly, I really don't like when I cry on this show over something like this, but whatever. Okay. I'm going to go now. Love you guys. Mean it. Uh, Stay messes. Okay. Like me, literal, total, complete fucking mess. Okay. See you next time. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, would you mind leaving me a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you are listening? If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget there's the super thanks option down at the bottom, the little button with the dollar sign and the heart. And also I'm on buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo if you want to buy me a little coffee or two or five. And my Patreon, that is where I'm covering all of the classic Bravo jams. 
If you want to follow me over there and subscribe, link is in the description. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. And whoever the guest was for today, all their information is always in the episode description. So if you want to follow them and check them out, check there for the info. And any of the sponsor codes that I mentioned in this episode will also be in the description. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.